Book Two, Chapter Two of Round the Block by John Belbooten. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A delicate proposition. One afternoon, when Mr. Minford was in excellent humor, having made a great discovery in the course of his experiments the previous night, Marcus thought it a good opportunity to propose something that had been on his mind for a week past. Mr. Minford, he said, will you excuse me for meddling a little in your household affairs? Not if you offer me any more kindness, returned the inventor, smiling gratefully at his guest. I am too much in your debt already. But you forget that I hold an interest in your invention, which you would make me take. I consider that more than payment in full. So you have confidence in my success. You have begun to inspire me with it, I confess, replied Marcus, indulging in a little unavoidable flattery. But, but it was not to you that I was about to offer any kindness, he continued, emphasizing the personal pronoun and looking hard at Pet, who bent patiently over her work and began to blush in anticipation that her name would be mentioned. Mr. Minford raised his eyes from a ratchet which he was finishing in a vice and glanced with curiosity at the speaker. Do you not think, sir, that your daughter might profitably spare a few hours every day toward the completion of her education? You have told me that her studies were interrupted by a change in your circumstances some years ago. Certainly she might, answered the inventor, and I thank you for the suggestion. This machine has so completely engaged my thoughts that I had quite lost sight of the dear girl's education. I should say, however, that I have been expecting at any moment to put the finishing touch on my invention, the very first profits of which I shall spend in employing a dozen teachers, if need be, for my little pet. She shall be an educated lady, if money can make her so. Shan't you, pet? The young girl's fingers twinkled faster at her work. I hope so, father, said she. But, Mr. Minford, it is possible, barely possible, you know, that your invention may not be completed, nor money be realized from it, for many months, perhaps one or two years. Suppose, only suppose, of course, your triumph to be postponed for even one year, your daughter will then be one year older, and less fitted to acquire the accomplishments which you desire her to possess, than she now is. Pardon the suggestion, if it is an obtrusive one. I plead the sincere interest which I take in you and her as my only excuse. No apology is needed, my dear sir, replied the inventor. I know and appreciate your thoughtful kindness toward us, and I consider your advice most excellent, especially as I intend to travel in Europe and take out patents for my invention there. It would be desirable to have my pet learn French, and also to improve her knowledge of music. You understand the English branches pretty well, I believe, my dear. Let me see. How long is it since you left school? Three years, pa. True, true, said the inventor sadly. It was when our troubles first began, and I found it necessary to economize. But I did very wrong to take you from school at that time. You forget, pa, replied his daughter, in a sweet chiding voice. You wanted me to go on with my studies, but I said that you must save the tuition money and let me learn to keep house. Don't you remember, pa? Yes, child, I remember. 
and I was selfish enough to allow you to make the sacrifice. But you shall have schooling to your heart's content now, whether you will or not. I agree with our dear friend that no time should be lost in resuming your education. I shall insist upon setting apart two hundred dollars for that purpose. Enough money will still be left to perfect my invention, and that, too, within a month, notwithstanding, he added playfully, Mr. Wilkeson's discouraging remarks a moment ago. And I shall insist upon not taking the money, Pa, said Pet, laughing, but shaking her head and patting her feet on the floor in the most decisive manner. And I shall insist on furnishing the money, said Marcus Wilkeson, folding his arms and looking very much in earnest. Let us see who can be obstinate the longest. Then I shall insist on your taking another fifth interest in the invention. Upon that point I am immovable. Mr. Minford folded his arms likewise, to imply that nothing could shake his granitic determination. Ah, now I see some prospect of a friendly arrangement. I will pay five hundred dollars for another fifth, and esteem it a good bargain, provided your daughter consents to let one half of it be spent on her education. What do you say to that, pet? That I thank you very much for your kind offer, said the young girl, whose eyes sparkled with gratitude, but I must not accept it. Pa will need all the money he can get to finish his work. I know it. Marcus and the father exchanged pleasant looks, and the former said, with an ill-assumed sternness, Then I don't advance another cent to him. I have named my conditions, and they must be accepted. You have no idea, pet, what a tremendously obstinate fellow I am when I'm roused. Nobody could have gathered the idea from his intensely amiable face at that moment. I see, my dear, that we must yield to this determined man said Mr. Minford, winking at Marcus. We shall never have any peace with him until we do. You know best, Pa, returned his daughter, who shrank timidly from any further discussion with their guest. Marcus Wilkeson was delighted with the perfect confidence which father and child reposed in him. Now that this little matter is happily settled, said he, I must tell you that I have already taken the liberty of selecting a school for her. How can we ever repay your goodness, said Mr. Minford. It is situated only two blocks away, pursued Marcus. Capital, cried Mr. Minford, for then she will never be far from home. And if you want me at any time, Pa, you can send for me. And I can be here in a moment, said Pet. It will be so delightful. It is a private school, and if your daughter prefers, she can be taught separately from the other pupils. Miss Pillbody, the teacher, tells me that she can give her an hour and a half in the morning before ten o'clock, and half an hour in the afternoon after four o'clock. That will suit me exactly, Pa, cried Pet, clapping her hands with glee, because then I can get your breakfast, dinner, and supper, and do all the housework without any interruption in my studies. Miss Pillbody thought the arrangement would suit you. She is a perfectly competent teacher of French, Italian, the English branches, music, drawing, and the dead languages, and higher mathematics. Quite a prodigy, I assure you, for a lady not yet twenty-two years old. Marcus was addressing the father. I have been particular in my inquiries, 
and all who know her speak in the highest terms of her remarkable attainments her ability to teach others and her goodness of heart your daughter will like her without doubt i know i shall said pet with enthusiasm there are so many things that i will learn pa first music she has a fine piano and plays splendidly remarked the guest i heard her and french and italian to please you pa that is if i can learn them and everything else that the lady can teach me i shall be so happy sir the father and the guest smiled at the zeal with which the young beginner proposed to grapple with the difficulties of human knowledge it was fortunate for her that a long series of hard and injudicious teachers had not already sickened her of learning and that she brought a fresh and uncorrupted taste to the work pet was thinking which one of her two dresses equally faded she should wear to school and what bit of ribbon or trimming she could introduce in her old bonnet to improve its general effect marcus wilkeson was marvelling at the confidence which the inventor and his daughter placed in him and at what there was about him to inspire it mr minford was congratulating himself on having met with a man so generous and sincere as this mr wilkeson and so entirely disinterested too for reasoned the inventor he cannot appreciate as i do the enormous value of my discovery and does not dream that his portion of it will compensate him for his outlay more than a hundred times over the silence was broken by a sound as of heavy boots trying to move softly on the stairs and a subsequent modest rap at the door End of book two, chapter two.